welcome to the HSP podcast. I'm Julie Bieland. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in high sensitivity and the founder of the Sensitive Empowerment Community. I'm starting a grassroots movement to create a paradigm shift that values and honors sensitivity and all of its gifts needed in the world. I invite you to join my Sensitive Empowerment Community and explore all my resources created for highly sensitive people including my free masterclasses, especially my masterclass about high sensitivity and anxiety. You can also get a letter to give medical and mental health practitioners about high sensitivity so that they have the information they need about you to prevent misdiagnosis and just to know how to best give you the right kind of care that you need. Plus, you'll find multiple resources that teach you how to balance and honor your sensitive nervous system, understand your incredible value, love who you are, and empower you to bloom in your highest potential. My entire website is dedicated to HSPs. You can explore all of these essential resources, join my sensitive empowerment community, and register for my free masterclasses at juliebieland.com or sensitiveconnection.com. I hope you've been exploring all the episodes of the HSP podcast and please share them to help support other sensitive people. I hope you enjoy the following episode. There we go. Welcome everyone. I'm Julie Bieland and today we are going to talk with Sarah Matthews about non-traditional relationships. So welcome Sarah. Hello, hello. Happy to be back and chatting with you about this. Yes, we enjoyed our conversation with you before about HSPs and sexuality, which we definitely recommend everybody listen to as well. You know, a big, I reached out to Sarah because a big part of my reason for wanting to do this particular event was to open dialogue, open minds about the fact that we do things differently as HSPs. And that means that a lot of us really do live sort of outside of the box. And I was thinking a lot about this in my own life. And I heard uh, Glennon Doyle, the author of Untamed, <laughs> talking about, um, yeah. you know, something in her. She was saying how we have similar experiences where um, she was married uh, to a man having children with him. And she was talking out and then she came out and, and is now with a woman. And what was really interesting is that, that she was talking about things about, um, like she was given a menu that yeah. that's what you read off. That's what you do. And that's how I felt in my life too, whether it's with sexuality, whether it's with, you know, a lot of HSPs want to live separately from their partners. A lot of HSP empaths, especially don't want to have relationships. And yet we get a lot of judgment about the way that we're doing things. And I want to remove that judgment open minds and really advocate and normalize the fact that we might want to do things differently. And mm -hmm. that what, what I really recommend is that we're looking into what's intuitively right for us and staying yeah. away from the shoulds, I call them the sh you should do this or you shouldn't do that. Right, Sarah? Yep. Don't should yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No shoulds, no shoulding. You shouldn't should yourself. <laughs> exactly. And, so, and you must be have experienced that as, as uh, in your personal life too. And I love oh, that yeah. you're, you're also a therapist that gives a yeah. lot of you know validity for people listening. Yeah. That we're both yeah. psychotherapists. We're both talking about this. Yeah. And even if this, you know, if this changes one life today, that's a big deal to me. 
because yeah. I think about how many major decisions I made in my life because of those shoulds. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I liked it's that idea too. I mean, just to start it off, it's like, I think a lot of us are given just a, a, a normative and sexuality and the way we do relationships menu, right? Um, and this is what, based on your gender, based on where you live, based on your culture, this is what you're this is what you can do. This is the, you know, the box that you need to fit into. Um, and a lot of us try to do that. And for some people it works fine and it's great. And, and for some of us, we struggle to feel full and satisfied or right to, to fit these norms and the box that we're given and don't really understand that there's an option to explore or where the communities or right. Um, and so it's really, yeah, and it's hard to break through some of those shoulds and the narratives that come with that. And so, yeah. It really is. And I think, especially as HSPs, we we want to please people. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to disappoint mm -hmm. people. We don't want to deal with the criticism that might come from doing mm -hmm. things different. That's a big deal. And I know so everybody, all of us have felt that. And yeah. And I think you're right, Sarah, that it definitely takes time to break through that. And I do believe that having even one person or even a community tell you that it's okay to be you, it's okay to be authentic and that you, we encourage you to, to do the right thing. Even in the event um, comments, somebody in our community wrote that they um, are, they made the decision to have a separate bedroom and a separate bathroom. Mm -hmm from their partner and that it works really well for them, that they used to live together in the same space all the time yeah. and that they had such high anxiety. And I know even in my own life, that's something that we are exploring. Um, it's something I wanted for a long time was to live separately. I sort of always intuitively knew that mm -hmm. I would thrive more. Uh, I do need mm -hmm. a lot of alone time. I'm way up there on the scale of high sensitivity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's, important for us. And it's really what made inspired me to have this conversation in the first place, because even in my own relationship, there was struggle with, you know, wanting to do things differently. And having to go through a process to get there was really challenging. And, and actually, we, we met up with a lot of family members who were like, what, if you're not living together, then that much, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, right. That, what is that then? Yeah, exactly that. And I love the concept of normalizing this. And I'm, I have a, on my, um, I don't even know, Sarah, if you know this, but I have a HSP dating directory. Now. I didn't, I used, I saw that in the email. I was like, oh, that's really fascinating. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah. So fun because so many yeah. of us as HSPs, we want to date other HSPs. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's really special to do that and to have a yeah. place and in that profile, one of the questions that I ask on there is, do you want to live in the, in, together? Do you want to share the same bedroom? And that came up from, I used to work with a lot of couples when I was seeing couples in, yeah. in person. And what came up a lot was that concept of wanting to um, live separately, that really struggling with not having your own space. You know, yep. I was thinking like five years I lived with my partner and I didn't have my own bedroom even. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, I just cherish, it's like bliss yeah. to be able to have your own space. Oh, absolutely. I think, as, you know, I'm a couples therapist too, and I can't tell you how often, you know, people come into the office and kind of sheepishly or almost like guiltily say like, we've been sleeping in separate bedrooms for four years. And I'm like, 
And that's okay. You know, it's like, is it, you know, it's more of a question. Is that, is, is that working for you? Does it, does it give you sleep? Yeah. My partner snores and, and it's like, Oh, then right. If, if that works for your relationship, then why is that a bad thing? Right. Yeah. But there's this idea of if you're not sharing a bed together, then, you know, you don't, you don't have intimacy. You don't like all of these things. And it's like, well, why can't it be? Why can't we check in with ourselves and know what our needs are and communicate that to our partners and organize our relationship or relationships around what's good for us and good for our partner and good for the unique relationship dynamic too. Um, and I think a, a big piece of that, I mean, I think, honestly, I think a lot of people are doing this behind closed doors anyway. <laughs> um, but it's that bringing it out into community or people that have certain expectations or, you know, like the couples that come in are like, Oh, we've been sleeping in separate rooms for four years and having people say, Hey, that's okay. We embrace, you know, we embrace that. You know, I think as a society, we don't always know, how to react or respond to that. And so we keep a lot of things kind of private or hidden or we repress, or we just, like we said, try to fit into that box, you know? Yes. And we need to remove the shame about this, um, about mm -hmm. doing anything that's different than the menu where you were given mm -hmm. or that society is telling you that what's acceptable and what isn't. We really do need to remove the shame about that. Even yeah. before we started recording, somebody in our, in our community was talking about that, you know, they've been single their whole life and that there's been a lot of um, controversy around that. And I want to normalize that too, that <laughs> I actually know a lot of HSPM paths, especially yeah. that are single and totally blissful about it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I want to encourage the fact that if that's what feels right to you, that's what, oh, I love yeah. Fabian says expanding the menu with HSP friendly options. <laughs> I <laughs> I like <love> that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Expand the menu. Find yes, the people Sarah, who also and have Exactly. Let's expand the menu. And, and the whole concept of it is, is this right for me? Like, for example, if I'm living separately from, from somebody that I'm seeing, I love the concept of no labels. In fact, we've even moved into that kind of a place where we're not labeling it. Anymore. Yeah. And I tell you, there feels so much freedom in that too. Yeah. To want to spend time together, to not label, to not be in a box, because I'm such a free spirited person that yeah. When I'm in a box, I feel trapped. It yeah. gives me like this cage-like feeling. Yeah, we got some people raising yeah. their hands. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I love the freedom of it. And I, I really feel empowered with this decision. It's like the first time in my life where I feel like I really made the decision that's right for me. Yeah. And because I spent so many years living in those shoulds category of, of what people expected of me, yeah. I, I just feel this like, openness now like I broke free of this cage and now I'm doing what feels right to me and you know what I show up in the world happier more balanced energized healthier, yeah. right energized more satisfied more I think for H I think for everybody but I think especially HSPs because we're so sensitive and attuned to certain things for a lot of us when something doesn't feel authentic it, it, within me it feels scratchy like I have an internal like scratchiness that I'm just like uh, uh, right it's like this isn't authentic this doesn't feel in tune like uh, you know and I have to it, it I can't I can let it go but it's harder to let it go and so when we you know when we rest into our authenticity and our senses and what's you know, happening for us is aligned relationally. Otherwise it's like, at least for me, that experience of scratchiness is released. And I'm like that sense of freedom, like, Oh, okay. Like I can 
rest in my own skin. I can see the world a little clearer. I can relate with people that's more authentically me and they're going to get a more open version of myself rather than a closed over sensory overstimulated just because I have that like integrity scratchiness going on. Right. So I love love the scratchiness. I call it an icky feeling. I love the scratchy icky. uh, Yeah. It's just like, no, just no. Yeah. Yeah. And once you start like finally doing things that feel right to you it feels really empowering and then it almost feels impossible it really does feel impossible to go back into that box (laughs) right yes I've had well so I'm I'm um I I guess identify as um bisexual or omnisexual and um, polyamorous and that I really I think it's probably something that I've been oriented to most like my whole life really Um, but fit into the boxes. I've had some really beautiful, committed, monogamous relationships that I was authentic and genuine in, right? Um, But I think in coming out or or recognizing having the opportunity to explore the bisexuality, explore the the non-monogamy, people are like, wow, you seem like you're more in your own skin. You seem like, you know, um, and there's just this I think you mentioned before a sense of freedom, but also a fear, right? Because it's like, I don't, how do we do this? Like, what's the template for this? What, how do you, how do you actually authentically, I think um, it came to mind when you were talking earlier, be authentically ourselves. Sometimes we have to explore it and give the opportunities and test out the yeses and the nos right? And feel what feels right. But then once we find it, there is kind of no going back. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to the scratchiness that I had before. I don't, you know, a lot of people are like, is this a phase? Is this a, you know, that sort of thing and exploration? I'm like, no, because I feel I've stepped out of, right? Stepped out of the box. And I, I want to keep on moving forward in my growth in that and feel this freedom. And there kind of is no going back <laughs> in yeah. a way it's an evolution of sexuality and relationship and yeah it is an evolution I I like that you talk about that too I I do Mm -hmm. feel like it's an evolution I feel like I'm constantly in that evolution too and I want to normalize that also that you know how we were a year ago may be different than how we feel today and Mm -hmm. and that's okay as we work on our own growth and empowerment in general and Sarah I'm curious like for anybody listening that's maybe secretly in the back of their mind, wishing that they could, you know, explore polyamory or something like that, or (laughs) do things out of the box. What roadmap would you give them? You know, what did you do? Like, how did you, because I think so many times, and we were talking about before we just started recording, somebody was sharing that, you know, they um, don't plan to get married and that there's stigma behind that. And I was saying that a lot of times it's, it's important that we come from a place that we don't feel we have to necessarily explain our decisions to people, yeah. especially to people that aren't going to get it, but that can be a lot of wasted energy. And then instead, you know, talking about it in supportive places that also yeah. just to come from a place of simply like in my own life, to be able to say to my family or people that are asking me about my new lifestyle choices that I can say simply to them, it feels really good to me that I'm finally doing what's right for me. And that's really all they need to know. I don't need to explain in detail to try to get them to to understand me. Yeah. What would you say, Sarah, about that, about your own experience, how you support people? 
Well, it's kind of a twofold. I mean, I'll speak from maybe my experience of it. So I write like I was in a serial monogamist, I guess. Um, I, I love commitment. I love, you know, relationship. I'm a relationship therapist, um, you know, and I think it was something I, I recognized within myself pretty young that I, I always told myself, I'm not going to get married until I'm older so I can make it, you know, and what does that mean? It was this indication of a knowing that like, I don't, I don't know the, the concept of being with one person and right is it feels like, ugh, right? Like God, I just felt a, a deep resistance to it. Um, and I think for me, it was, I, I went through a really rough breakup where I thought, right, I was going to do the marriage and the family and the kids thing. And I'm, I'm in my late thirties now. And so um, being in Minnesota, it's very family oriented, right? And so coming back and, and wanting to, thinking I wanted to be family oriented and have this very traditional like lifestyle or, or family um, experience with the monogamous partnership. And that kind of fell apart actually with the partner that I was with at the time. And it really kind of, and I was in my late thirties at the time. So for me, it, it, it was almost circumstance that kind of cracked me open because I had to let go of the narratives or the things that I thought that I wanted and really had me look at these parts of myself that I had repressed and that I had let go of some of these ideas of what I thought I was or what I thought my life was supposed to be or how I was going to fit into my community um, and radically, you know, hightail it into self-exploration. Um, and then, and then I started, I actually um, dated somebody that was non-monogamous and introduced me to it. And I started reading about it and doing a ton of research. For me, I mean, everybody does it different. I think there's, there's no, I mean, speaking with polyamory or when people come into my office saying, I want to explore my sexuality, I want to explore my relationship um, style. I just, there's no one right path, right? It's kind of for me, it was, I was exposed to it. I started reading things and I started meeting people that spoke certain, you know, spoke the language, were interacting in certain ways. And it felt really right and comfortable for me. And as and I think as an HSP, we tend to be a little bit more cautious before we jump in, not all of us, but that tends to be what it is. And so for me, for like three, three to six months, I was reading books, I was asking questions, I was filtering it through my integrity stream, you know, my integrity layers to make sure is this right? Is this right? And then I, I approached it slowly. Um, and the partner that I was with at the time, I explained that like, look, I'm coming out of um, traditional monogamy programming. I'm super interested in this. My intuition is telling me absolutely, yes, do this. Um, but I'm going to need a little bit of time to wrap my brain around this to do some research to see if, if what I'm intuitively sensing is something that is going to actually play out comfortably in real time. Um, and he was really gracious and, and, you know, being patient and having the conversations. And then I just started doing it, right? I started, okay, I'm going to go on an app and I'm in a partnership. I'm going to date somebody else, ah, you know, <laughs> um, and then process and process and process. Mm -hmm. And again, I chose people because I'm very much a verbal and emotional processor. So then knowing that about myself, choosing partners that were able to do that with me. And I still do that. <laughs> I still choose partners that I can process and verbally because it's, it's layered and layered and layered. So for people that want to explore, I mean, I, when people come to the office, I say, you know, if you're, if you're not sure, start looking at some podcasts, um, you know, start, um, you know, reading some books, start seeing if there's, there's a lot of Facebook communities, right? Just be a fly in the wall for a little bit and see what types of conversations there are. Cause I think with various, you know, relationship styles or sexual preferences, there's always going to be a stigma, right? We gotta, we kind of got to, um, see where the stigma lies in us and where it, it 
rings true or it absolutely doesn't and we break through it so we can walk forward. So yeah. for me, being a part of, right, thinking about polyamory, I was like, ah, oh, that's just a bunch of people cheating on each other all the time, right? It's like, there's all these ideas of what it is. And then when I actually started meeting people, reading about it, I found like apps for some people, maybe that's what it is. But the way that I would want to do that and the way that I'm seeing so many people are doing it, my goodness, that aligns so much more for me than, you know, than monogamy programming, which monogamy is absolutely beautiful too. But just realizing, oh, look, there's an option for me that actually feels a lot more aligned and feels alive. So I think it's just, there's no one right path. I think it's just about when a door opens and you have that intuitive or that curiosity of, uh, you know, just take the first step forward and see what happens, right? And let, let your cautious HSP self be its cautious HSP self um, and, and do what feels most comfortable and see who comes to you and what opportunities come to you, you know? I like that. I actually wrote down kind of your steps so that we could share that. That, <laughs> that works um, for everything, whether you're exploring your yes. sexuality, you're exploring who you are in general. Yeah. Um, so I like that you named, let's go through this a little bit. You named that you initially felt resistance, like this mm -hmm. resistance feeling. And maybe like I call it icky, you maybe call it scratchy, but there's a <laughs> feeling. This is where we, we actually really... Um, work on this a lot in the sensitive empowerment community, yeah. this, the concept of learning to check in with yourself, yeah. listening, listening to those whispers. Oh, yes. why does this not feel good to me? What's wrong with, what is yes. this? You know, listen not to override it. Yeah. Huh? I say not to override that because I think as HSP, everybody, but HSPs in particular, I think we're so used to being so overstimulated and that what we're intuitively feeling doesn't necessarily match up or line up with how other people respond or what they're seeing. So, oh, I must be weird. I must like, oh, I'll just override or gaslight myself really and try to respond to the, the situation, you know, the people, the normal population. And so I think that's beautiful. Like you said, really tuning into our intuition, letting our senses be a strength and not something that's annoying that we have to override. I just had to say that because I was like, yes, that, yes. Yes, 100%, yes, yeah. absolutely. The concept of it is to listen to what feels right to you. And many of us have to learn that. Like yes. I had to, when I first started my growth work, I was not attuned to what felt right to me because I was so focused on, externally focused on what everybody in the world wanted from me that I didn't even know what I wanted. Yes. So a lot of what we do in the community is get to know, what do you want? What makes, when you approach something, how does it make you feel? And to listen to those feelings that don't feel right when you feel that resistance, that ickiness, um, all of that is important. Then this, so that first step was felt resistance. The second step was self-exploration that you started exploring. I think that is so huge. And, and to recognize that there is not one right way of doing things. There's not one path that fits all. This community of HSPs, we are different. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to say that that different is a good thing to change the labeling away from something's wrong with you and into these are these are reasons why we are the way we are. And, and then the fourth step I wrote uh, that you you meet people who support it. So for example, whether you're exploring your sexuality or whatever it is, who you are in general, being around people who support that journey, who yeah. makes it feel positive, right? Yeah, yeah. And don't do the skeptical, right? Like, well, but are you right? Kind of that, that different, the judgment that comes with it. Sometimes when you talk to somebody and there's an immediate judgment, like, no, no, come back into the box, whatever you're exploring here is not okay and not right. 
finding the people that are, if nothing else, just curious, like, oh, interesting, tell me more. Or those that are like, oh yeah, I totally understand how you're feeling. And then all of a sudden it's this, this warm welcoming into yourself because you have community that are, you know, people that are mirroring or, or situations that are mirroring what feels right for you and encourage yeah. it, you know? And I think especially as women, so many of us have been put into boxes of that our, yeah. our role is to please others, to do for others. So if we're doing something for ourselves, it's selfish. I want to change all that messaging because whatever you're doing that supports your highest level of wellness and balance, that is what we, we need. That mm -hmm. is what we want. Because when you're supporting your highest level of wellness and balance, you really can thrive in the world. And there's so much available to you when, we're, when you do that. And then the fifth step I wrote down was that you checked in with yourself and your intuition and you, that is so huge. You kept on processing because I wrote down as a sixth step was processing. You're really processing, checking in with your intuition. Does this feel right? What's coming up for me? You know, and I think about too, the, the filters of, um, you know, when we've received messages our whole life that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And there's the shame behind it. If you want, it's actually a lot of work to go through that process yeah. to shift that. And I really think that if you're really struggling with that, working with um, somebody that can serve a professional working with you who yeah. supports that process, huge, right? Yep. 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 Um, I was going to say too, that um, the, the, you were saying, as you were talking, I was like that, that first step of the exploration, right? This is oftentimes where there's, there's something that I know as HSPs and everybody when, it, especially when it comes to sexuality is it's really scary. And I want to, <laughs> I want to validate that, like bursting open certain narratives that you've been hanging on to is safe. And I still, like, I think, um, in polyamory world, we call it, um, or non-monogamy world, it's, we have to deprogram monogamy brain. And there's certain aspects of it that are, it's really scary because we, it's, it potentially is showing us sides of ourselves that for some of us in the environments that we're in, the homes that we were raised in, the communities that we were in, we have locked away and not paid attention to, and we don't want to explore it because it feels unsafe. It feels scary. It feels all of those things. So I guess, I guess I also wanted to say that the exploration process, it's not like, great, you discovered, maybe you want to do this now, just go explore, have fun. Um, that sometimes you can, you can run into things that are <clears throat> like tighten you up and you want to take a step back and not do it. And it, it, for some people it's, they're so ready. They're just wanting to, you know, bat out of hell. Let's explore this thing and dive in. And for some, it's like, I don't know what I don't know about myself. And I don't, I'm really afraid to follow this impulse because I've repressed it for so long mm -hmm. or right. And so to be really gentle with yourself in that process to say, you don't have to blow forward <laughs> in coming out and exploring all the things and all of a sudden dating a bajillion people, whatever it is, right? Like you can really take it slow and at your own pace or, or even if you, right, I think somebody mentioned that they just discovered they don't, you know, they want to be single their whole lives or they don't want to be married. I mean, that's its own thing too. Cause what does that mean? Societally speaking, especially being a woman, <laughs> you know, um, what does that mean? And there can be a lot of stuff around that, that we, you know, have to work through in narratives and yeah. Yes. I, I just got goosebumps when you actually said be gentle, <laughs> like to be gentle, gentle with, yourself. with yourself. That yeah. felt really good because that is so true. I think that it's so important for us to name that we are going to go through almost a deprogramming um, yeah. and also to filter through, like when you feel a jolt in, in some sort of a reaction within yourself, 
And, and this is for anybody too, whether you're in it yourself or you know somebody exploring themselves. If you feel a jolt of judgment, whether it's self-judgment or otherwise, I want you to, to just open it and want to invite you to the idea that what if we explore that a little bit? And I like to think of it as like a filtration process. Like, mm-hmm. let me filter through. Is this what I actually believe? Or has this been handed down to me generation yeah. after generation after generation, right? Yeah. And that's a huge thing to, to really pay attention to. And yeah. I want to invite anybody listening to us live to put any questions you have into the chat now. Um, and I see one is here that's saying, are those relationships aimed to be short-term or long-term? And I'm, I'm pretty sure they're talking about polyamory. polyamory. Um, yeah. yeah, would you like to answer that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, polyamory non-monogamy has its, it, that could be its own app, like 10 million different podcasts. Yeah. Um, again, I, I would say again too, like, man, it so depends on the person and there's so many terms and I can give some book resources if people want to, if you really want to explore um, through some of that. Um, but I, to the question, I think it depends, at least my experience, it's dependent, it's dependent on the relationships that I'm, I'm in. I tend to be right. And this is, is knowing self again. Like I tend to be more attachment based with my partners, meaning I, I like commitment. I like emotional like connection. Um, and so my partnerships, I guess you could say tend to be a little bit more long-term, a little bit more, I stay friends with people afterwards if the romantic part doesn't work, um, you know, but for some people, right, they do non-monogamy where they want sexual experiences and that's, that's what they want to do. But the, the ethical part of the ethical non-monogamy, right, is the being very clear about intentions, being very um, intentional about communication around what it is that they're looking for, and then getting consent um, around, is this okay for you? And then checking in, checking in, checking in to make sure. So for me, right, like I've had long-term partnerships for, you know, a, a couple of years, and then I've had some that, right, lasted maybe three or four months, because that was, I was attuning to the relationship as we, it was unfolding. And that's where it was. And some partnerships are longer. So I would say, um, it depends on the people. It depends on the relationship. It depends on where you're at in your process, what you want to explore, what the other person wants to explore, um, and really having a lot of um, communication and um, intentionality around it. Yeah, communication is so huge, yeah. I think, in, in navigating all of this. And um, here's a question that came in about living separately, asking to talk about Um, If you are already living with a partner and you're really needing a separate space, but don't know how to navigate it, especially with pets and living routines like meals, also how to talk to a partner who is not an HSP and has trouble understanding the need for separate space. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, And and I I can speak to my experience a little bit with, um, I had to navigate this when we were already living together. And my partner was um, definitely coming from a traditional background and, um, she had the she had a difficult time with the concept that living separately we could actually still work um and also changing the labels of the relationship became important to me as well so i had to navigate that and yes it was difficult yes it was painful at times but at the same time i had to stay true to myself about this is what i really think is going to work better for me as a human in general that i'm going to be my higher level of the best self 
being balanced and well to have time to myself like that to to really have my own domain became really important to me so navigating that with someone who wasn't on the same page as me was really difficult and i want to give just some normalization to that but at the same time if you keep having that feeling like you know this is really the path i want to take and that's what happened to me this this really evolved over time where it became one of those things that was like you know what i really need this like yeah. even if you're not on board with this this is still what i need and we were able to navigate that through um, at first we thought we were having a breakup then we did a, the moving out thing that was really difficult and painful but also <laughs> positive in lots of ways and now in a place that we're really celebrating the fact that we're doing better. Like yeah. there's no labeling. We have our own spaces. We're able to really navigate the, our highest level of wellness. And that's, what's working for us. Yeah. And we don't have everything figured out. Well, I don't know what a year from now is going to look like. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Normally right. I might have been struggling with the fact that I don't have everything <laughs> paved in front of me before I get there. Cause that's an yeah. HSP thing. Yes. I'm actually really <laughs> celebrating the fact that, you know what, we're taking it a day at a time and I'm really tuning into what feels right for me. Yeah. And that's what's working. Yes. What a different way to think about relationship, isn't it? It's like, I want to, I was thinking about that too, in my own experience, like right now I'm in a, a partnership where it's been so non-conventional the way that we started dating because we started dating at the beginning of a pandemic and we actually started dating in a couple situation. So I was dating kind of a couple and then that didn't quite work out. And then we transitioned into a friendship for eight or nine months. And then it transitioned again, where now do we want to try dating just ourselves? right and so i think what's and it's been really this beautiful process of you know if i would have had this concept of i need to know everything that you know how this is going to be we you know we call it a relationship escalator we have to date and then we have to this and then we have to that and then we have to get married and then we have to live together and then you know da, 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 da. it's like i wouldn't have the opportunity to get to know this person in this way and have some of the richness that we've been able to have to this point Right. And so I think that's part of the beauty. And it sounds like what you're, you're recognizing in your relationship too. not easy. Like, where's the roadmap? I don't know. We're creating yes. our own, Ooh. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but being able to do that, you know, it's like, it's being able to be true and really honoring each other. It's almost like you're not, at least in my experience, it's not like, how do you fit into my concept of what I want in a relationship and where we need to go because that's the box I need this to fit into and more, how do I honor myself and how do I honor you? And how do we navigate that and negotiate that in a way that we can create and alchemize both of what we need and continue to open up for the flexibility of what this is going to you know, turn into at any given point. And how much more fulfilling is that, right? Yes. It's just, um, but it's, it's work, right? It's a completely yes. different way of thinking. It's, it's scary. It's, you don't necessarily have a roadmap, you know? Um, you don't have predictable things all the time. And it's a different way of orienting, really. Yes, it really is. And, and, and not having a roadmap can be challenging for a lot of us as HSPs. And, okay. and I think that, um, you know, it took a lot of personal work for me to get into a place that was comfortable with making decisions that not everybody agreed with. Yeah. And I, if you had asked me to do that 10 years ago, I, I don't know if I could have. 
Um, yeah. But I did a lot, and this is what we really support in this community in general, is that we need to do a lot of personal work and create a foundational support system for ourselves. And if yeah. you don't have that, come join the sensitive empowerment community and we will support your authenticity and give mm -hmm. you strength to make choices that are right for you. But for me, I had to do that kind of personal growth work to navigate the disappointment, the judgment of others. Um, which I'm still navigating when I, you know, in extended family on, on both sides, there was definite judgment felt. And a lot of times I've experienced that in my life when I took a road, a road that nobody else have tra has traveled. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's kind of been my life in general and everything that I've done in a lot of ways has built my own roadmap, but it's with practice over time, recognizing that when I'm doing something that's not right for me, I'm not thriving. And I'm not doing well in the world. And, and that is my experience. I can't yeah. just push through a life that's not right for me. And yeah. I have to do what's right for me. And ultimately, that helps me, my family, my community and the world when I'm really doing things that are right for me. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a huge thing to to recognize if there's things you want to explore in your life, really helping you set up that foundation of support in your life is huge. You do need yeah. some people that are going to be in, in your corner that are like, you know, now I have friends in my life that like when I came out, I lost friends and it became really talking about that. Yeah. yeah. We talked about that in the last uh, episode we did together. That was many years ago. So now I've really developed friends who are like, and that was intentional. And, and I'm choosing a very conscious life now where people that are in my life support me and my decisions. Yeah. Um, and that becomes really important when you're when you're taking a detour <laughs> when you're harrowing isn't it? it it's so harrowing i was like i'm like feel good i'm like look at how brave you are yes <laughs> it's hard, right it's it's yeah. it's hard right it's it's not it's not all rainbows and butterflies there, there is a certain level of bravery or heroicness that has to come into it but i think like you said it's like I, as you were talking i was like yeah i don't it's this point of like, I don't want to live a life that's not mine anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to live a life that's mine, you know, and what is that, you know? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, I love that so much. <laughs> I don't want to live a life that's not mine. Yeah. I want to live a life that's mine and mm -hmm. it's finally time for that. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm willing to take the risk and, and blaze through some of that in order to do so. And it can take work, right? It can take time to do that. Yes, and we support you. And if something feels right to you intuitively, and even if nobody else agrees, I want you to just remember the strength of us being together right now, mm -hmm. and feel that strength when you're making these decisions, because I fully support if intuitively, a different path feels right to you in your life. Yeah. I really want to, I want you to know that there's people who support you with that. Yeah. Um, another question came in. Um, can HSPs take on other people's ailments? Because it, I think it's happening to me, <laughs> especially, <laughs> yeah, living together can, especially for those that if you've taken my sensitivity scale and you score at the very top of that, like I do, HSP, and I call you an HSP empath, then mm -hmm. we definitely take on other people's stuff yeah. and energy. And it can be yeah. really challenging. Like if you are living with someone that's going through a really hard time or they have a kind of a dark energy field in a way, yeah. Uh, that can definitely impact you and you can take that on. So doing a lot of grounding work, making sure you've got your alone time, creating Getting your space, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had the same, same thing. Right? We're doing it already. <laughs> yes. 
yeah. create the space yeah. that's yours. Um, yeah. And that is huge. You need to have, I really believe, especially if you score high on that sensitivity scale and you're an empath as well as an HSP, you need a space in your home that is yours, that you can yeah. close the door and it is your space because I believe that's a medical necessity for us to have spaces that are ours. Yeah. Um, and another one came in, Julie, I, I too lost friends due to being single. People are now saying to me that I made the right decision. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry you had to lose friends to that. Um, and, and it just shows, you know, that there are people who have very closed minds and who, you know, we get taught from generations about what is right. Yeah. But we really do need to practice finding out was right for us. And I'm glad that you now have people in your life that are saying you made a good decision. You know, in fact, uh, uh, there's, there's more of a trend to people staying single. There's more of a trend to people living separately or sharing and having different bedrooms. There's more of a trend to polyamory, opening mm -hmm. up the boxes, getting rid of the boxes. Mm -hmm. And just in general, I mean, why do we want to choose a life that's chosen for us by other people? Like we, we, that's not going to be right for us. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true. I've actually seen, I was talking to somebody about this recently. I've seen a trend, especially I think with COVID, honestly, um, a lot of, and a lot more people are coming into my office um, saying like, we've been together a while. Right. And COVID just like, like I think emphasizes um, because you know a lot of things that are happening within within relationships, and I've had a lot more people coming in really curious about how do you do open relationships? How do you do non-monogamy? How do we right? Like we need more space, and really recognizing that um, right, being curious about that. So that's been, I've seen that trend too. It's been really, or somebody was recently asked me, did you see in the dating world that there's a whole lot more people on profiles blatantly putting non-monogamy in there? Yeah. What's that about? What is that? What is, who's drinking the water kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I put that in my, in the profiles. So like if you are yep. spilling out the profile on, on the dating, on the HSP dating yep. directory that I have, one of the questions on there is, do you want monogamy or non-monogamy? Mm -hmm. So that's it. You're absolutely right. This is more of a trend. And mm -hmm. um, somebody else is saying, yeah, it can be hard as a single person, as lots of people socialize as couples or as families yeah. with children. Definitely understand that. And totally relate to that. Yep. Yeah. And let us normalize the fact that you making decisions that are based on what's right for you is a good thing. And and that doesn't mean we don't have to be in these boxes that everybody tells us. If it's not right for us, it's not right for us. Um, and Sarah, what an awesome conversation. Uh, let, please let us know how people can find you, um, who might want to contact you, work with you. Yep. So right now, I, I, I only can do straight up therapy with people that are residing in Minnesota, because that's where I practice and there's licensing and that sort of thing. Um, but you can find me on Sarah Matthews LMFT.com um, and fill out my profile. You can look at some things I'm planning on hopefully in the next six months or so to have some offerings and things that um, you know, you can, you can look at and, and even potentially purchase some workshops, that sort of thing. So coming to be, to be coming. Um, but I love having conversations, referring you to people in your area that perhaps particularly the non-monogamy, um, I have a network. And so if even you're not in Minnesota, I can kind of link you up to people in your area. Um, yeah. Fantastic. I love that. Oh, such a beautiful conversation. Um, I think that, you know, I just want to, 
end today on the concept that we are removing judgments, we're removing boxes, we are encouraging approaches that involve you making decisions based on what is intuitively right to, for you. And yep. we support you with that. Yes. And if you yes. want some support and you want to come join the sensitive empowerment community, please do. You can come join us right on my website. Um, you can go to sensitiveconnection.com. And if you want to watch the video of this podcast, where we'll have this in the community as well, we have over a hundred events that you could watch in our community. And, and I'm there every day supporting HSPs to live your best life. Yes. Sarah, thank you so much. I encourage <laughs> everybody to go and watch the, uh, or listen to the other um, podcast we did with you about HSPs and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have follow-up questions for us, we'll continue this conversation in the community. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanna say, I love you all. Since people in the world, HSPs, we are in this together and we support your yes. new journeys towards living your best life to making choices that are right for you. Yes, Sarah, I second thank that. You. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a fulfilling conversation. I love it. I love it too. Anything else you would like to share, Sarah, before we go? You know, I think just to mimic everything you said, I, same things. The HSPs, you're not alone. People that want to have different types of relationships that are not societally normative, yes, explore at your pace. Um, you're not strange or weird, you know, um, be gentle with yourself. And we're here for you. And I'm, um, I'm, you know, obviously willing to have conversations. And there are people like there, like you out there. So yes, mm -hmm. beautiful, beautifully yeah. said. Take extra good care of your beautiful, sensitive selves out there. We love you as you are, and we encourage you to live an authentic life that's true to you, that that really listens to your intuition and does what's right for you. Yes. Sending out lots of love to you guys. <laughs> Thank you for so nice to have time with you today. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yay. Okay. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. I hope you're taking extra good care of your beautiful, sensitive self and that you enjoyed this episode. I invite you to join my sensitive empowerment community and my upcoming free masterclasses for HSPs that are being called life transforming. You can truly thrive to your fullest potential as a highly sensitive person when you have the right tools and support. Explore all of my resources for HSPs at juliebiellen.com or sensitiveconnection.com. I look forward to welcoming you to my community. Thank you.